0: Space podcast, third space podcast, third space podcast, third space podcast. Hello and welcome to the Third Space Podcast, episode number fifty, honeymooning. We made it to episode fifty. That's pretty cool. We did nothing special for it. It's a normal, normal episode, but nevertheless, we made it. So, congrats. I'll say congrats. To ourselves now, patting myself on the back. Um, this episode, we talk about uh, a little bit about risk assessment and values, particularly of teenagers. Uh, Daniel shares an anecdote, and we discuss that briefly. And then we talk about Daniel's honeymoon, which is the reason why we missed a couple weeks on our podcast here. Um, he talks about what he did. We take an adventure in etymology about the word honeymoon. And then we discuss travel in general, more broadly, vacations, why people vacation, what are the benefits, maybe what are some of the drawbacks even of travel and some of the odd ways that people travel around, why they value it. It was a fun conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Take it away. Third space Podcast, third Space Podcast, third space.
1: <laughs> I was gonna do the whole thing, but yeah, yeah. Ah, still love true.
0: it. I still love it too. Yeah, I don't love I it don't enough to ever sing every time. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> anymore. We can't, we can't, like,
1: it doesn't make sense to for the listeners to hear it and then just a poor job of us doing it.
0: <laughs> right? They can sing along to the actual one. Diminished
1: I'm, returns. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right.
0: I'm sure they are singing along to the actual.
1: Of course. Actual. How can you not? All right, I've got a question for you.
0: Okay, I've got an answer for you. All
1: right, let's do it. So we were uh, at—we'll call it a school assembly. The entire high school is there, and it was fun. It was a pretty normal assembly. They—they made efforts to make it more fun. And at the end, uh, our—we'll call him the principal. uh, He—he makes a—he has to kind of turn the tides and make a serious comment on at the end of day, uh, class lets out and primarily juniors and seniors and a few sophomores like leave the school. Uh, and, and someone in the community who will remain nameless. He never named, he reads an email that he got about kids revving their engines, peeling out, racing down the road. Um, you know, a few more details and all, but I mean, the email went as far as saying, and as I was choking on the fumes of the car, I worried about them <laughs> crashing into the, which that is when it sort of, because, well, I, I will try not to editorialize too much of my opinion. Did I you want write to ask it? you Did you write this email? I did, <laughs> I did not. Okay. Um, aside from that silly line, I will say that the principal did his he he was a he was sincere and he said look this isn't just an old man scolding thing i'm not even trying to scold you i i just simply want you to calculate the risk reassess and cut it out and he said i i even i'm, I'm just concerned that the new norms and he, he briefly touched on this but like and i happened to listen to a, a piece the other day that got me thinking about Uh, algorithms and people living in digital spaces, and they have new norms, so they don't know what our bigger cultural norms are. They they think whatever they're searching, you know, the algorithm says, give them more of that, give them more of that. So then they end up living in this digital world with weird and wacky norms, right? And so if you're a car person or whatever, racing, or you're just going to get sort of extreme content your way all the time, and you Mm. start to think things are normal that are not normal. And so... He didn't go into that much detail, even. He just touched on the idea of like he said, this isn't about our school being so prestigious and that we can't dishonor the school's reputation. He's like, it's not that. So, so my greater point is, he just did a good job of of saying, hey, like he did. Let's even let's for the sake of this this event, just say he did the best job that a principal an an older man could do to get up there and talk to high school students and say, hey, slow down and be, you know cut it out um yeah. like like sincere and the room was quiet and respectful so then my question to you is like is that effective and how effective is it
0: um and like what
1: else could you and and he did mention like well, we're going to be monitoring the situation because that's just what we have to do for your safety but like like was this speech yeah effective is it should it be done even if it's not like well de- anyway i I'll think let you it, depends. All
0: of it i think it depends first is it true? You know, th- I have my my doubts about this anonymous email. And maybe it wasn't anonymous to him, but it was anonymous to everyone else. People are right, notorious in all circumstances for complaining about car noise and stuff, right? And like, yeah. if you peel out of the parking lot, I mean, that's not, obviously, some people do that, and teenagers may do that. But it's bad for your tires and no one just does that all the time right and revving your engines okay big deal like who cares like it's for a small i just think that this is it sounds like to me that this is just some uh you know one of those uh women who sit by their window all day looking out waiting for something to happen that they can comment on or call the neighborhood watch or something you know and yeah that this is an overblown complaint, um, and maybe it was from a donor, and that's why the principal decided to speak about it. That's what it seems like. So if if that's the case, and there really isn't anything that bad going on, then I see this being ineffective, because if there really was no one peeling out and revving their engines, then the, the kids are going to continue to have the same driving behavior ultimately, and the person sitting by their window is going to hear the same noises and they're going to be mad and, you know, they're going to complain and nothing will change. Now, if on the other hand, there were some, some students peeling out, legitimately peeling out and, you know, driving recklessly and whatnot, then it may have a minor effect. You know, they may... Think about it and go, oh, they're talking about me. You know, I did that last week. Uh, and and they may refrain right. from doing that again. It may have a, a minor effect. Um, the other thing I'll say on the strategy of the principle, I don't think... I wouldn't think that the most successful strategy would be to say, you live in a digital... You, you said he didn't go into detail about this. You live in a digital world. You don't have a sense of norms. You need to shape up. I wouldn't think that message would work, as well as the oh, you're going to our institution, you have a duty as a student here to uphold our reputation, this doesn't look good on us, have some pride. That actually seems like a more uh, what is the word, saleable point than, yeah. um, than, than the more general one. Not that the general one doesn't have a place, it just seems like it would, that's a harder sell to students.
1: What do you think about the idea that let's say they even agree and they sit there and they nod their heads in agreement. Is there a space in which, particularly teenagers, I think all people do this, but particularly teenagers will nod in agreement about something, whether it's safety? And might, maybe not in enthusiasm. They'll agree. They might even be like eye rolling, but they 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 agree that say bullying is bad or doing dangerous things are dangerous. You know, like like they're like yeah yeah yeah. I, I know. I get it. And they you can you could throw some really heavy hitting statistics about death or destruction or violent accidents or whatever it is, and they would agree. And then I think this is called the Superman complex that like mm-hmm. you can they both acknowledge believe in and support all the statistics and whatever, but you just disbelieve that, but I'm impervious to, to harm like, but it won't happen to me kind of thing. Like, do you think that plays a bigger role like in teenagers lives than in adults lives?
0: Yeah, no question. Right. I mean, they don't have the benefit of experience. They probably haven't had a moment where they thought they were invincible and then discovered suddenly that they weren't right. There's a good chance they haven't had that moment. And so yeah have they st-
1: had lots of incidents of like maybe small risk taking and not being hurt walking they, yeah. you know it's kind of I, I don't know it could be like a small example would be like jaywalking or something you're told not to do it it's dangerous you grew up like, it's kind of a classic look both ways before you cross the street yeah. but then and you might even still obviously it's just good form to look both ways before crossing the street but you do it without the waiting for the walking guy signal yeah. and so you just start doing it uh, the and you're walking told it's kind of illegal signal. The, the walking person. Walking white man no. I mean <laughs> It is a we white man Or a white We can't release I suppose release, person is this. more accurate We can't release it. Person episode. might be more It's It is it's, It is a person I, suppose. I guess But it is a white person The strutting you know? white man It's literally a white The not like strutting white,
0: white man <laughs> The strutting Ugh, white the, man. I can't believe The power walking white I man I can't believe the society <laughs> oh, Our norms <laughs> So, but you but
1: you walk across without his go-ahead, his grace, How, his... Oh, <laughs> without his
0: permission. Permission. Telling us, our white master on the signpost.
1: But you do this, and you go, there's some form of, like, you get away with it. Or it's, yeah, like, possibly, yeah. like, kids cheating on some, some small... Like, and they go, wait, you don't really get caught, even though you're told you will, and you don't really... And so then you know that's the same like oh I've heard drugs are bad I, and addiction's high but but I did it once and I'm I'm not addicted so therefore there's some BS going on there's mm-hmm. something weird going on I'll just go like so so maybe those statistics are real I can acknowledge that but it won't happen to me and yeah. just carry on yeah I definitely think making,
0: yeah I definitely think yeah. that's a part of it and I think another part of it too just with teenage behavior is that you know their their horizon of um of uh, of you know, they're looking forward to the future they're they're not as forward thinking as you know as adults so again simply because they've been on they've been alive for a shorter period of time and so their time horizon is different they're not thinking long term as much as they are short term and their value system also hasn't been totally matured and worked out so they may value the short term opinions of their friends onlookers you know, their reputation or whatever, much more than this abstract risk of danger or or damage in some way that they don't fully grasp and yeah, I don't know. I don't have the life experience to understand that in in any way other than this abstract way that people preach at me. And so, you know, in the moment, especially in an emotional situation where maybe you're trying to impress a girl or something, right? You your values are going to tilt heavily towards, you know, being superman instead of uh instead of carefully weighing the risks. Well,
1: that Okay, so and I'm I'm pulling this without having the article in front of me, but I I recall like, you know, there's this myth or at least ethos in our society that says like Teenagers, their prefrontal cortex isn't fully developed, and they don't know mm-hmm. how to calculate risk uh, appropriately. Yeah. And then, but the but the counter study, it's an interesting one though. It says actually they calculate risk just fine. By evidence of there was some simulated driving tests, and they took like like a seventeen year old, sixteen year old, whatever, and they had this. They made the same decisions in terms of risk with the 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 forty year old test subjects. And but then what happened is they introduced peers into the mix, mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. of a sudden they're taking wild risks yeah. to impress their peers and the 40 year old is not yep that's and what so, i'm saying this is exactly what i'm saying so yeah so that's the real the the because you don't have a sense of self and your desire to belong and i think that's with all of us but at least the 40 year old hopefully has a better sense of where they belong mm-hmm. um yeah the 17 year old is assessing risk but evaluating it differently saying you know what it's it's worth possibly dying if that gains me social points. Whereas the the 40 year old, that's a laughable proposition, but it actually like carries weight to a younger, like a young, unsure person. So that's a, that's fascinating that like, maybe they, maybe they do understand risk, but like we don't understand how deep, like it's, we've quickly forgotten the deep desire to belong. So, or, you know, to, to like,
0: I think it's, I think it's a, a little bit of column a and a little bit of column B. You know, I don't, I'm not familiar with the article that, talking about I think driving risk is easy to assess but social risk is harder to assess Um, it's easier for an adult who's been exposed to many social situations and observe the outcomes of social situations it's easier for an adult to assess social risk not so much for a teenager so you know if well
1: I guess that what do you mean by by social because like uh, they would be risk averse to stand out socially That's what I'm a teenager. That's what I'm so. saying
0: they they haven't had they may not have had the experience of taking a social risk failing and having your reputation damaged by it. They may not have had that experience right or whereas an adult probably has. There, there are many other kinds of socially related experiences that a teenager may not have had and all and the experiences that they have had are warped because most of their audience you know is made up of other teenagers who also have warped responses because they're not mature right so yeah'm yeah. I'm, I'm just saying that the risk calculation when it's something cut and dry like driving again I don't know the article but if it's like do you drive 10 miles an hour of the speed limit in this situation or five or none?
1: Yeah. Or come to complete stops or right. when do you turn the, out? The stuff, how many gaps? Yeah. These
0: kinds of things beg the answer. And I can, I don't know how the study was done, but it, it just, I can see a teenager participating in this, giving the quote unquote right answers. Um, yeah. Whereas if it's some, some separate kind of risk, something that's maybe less cut and dry, you know, that is, you know, i mean i feel like i am I guess
1: it's just like oh do you want to dive off this cliff together uh into the water below and like yeah. it's like the teenager is more likely to do it than the older person now the older let's assume the older person doesn't have back trouble or something like that they but they just look over the cliff and they go well and other people have done it it is clearly feasible to do but the older person is just more likely to go nah that's not worth it to me uh sure well yeah they, that's they... the
0: values that's the values thing um and that makes total sense to me that fits with my intuition the risk assessment is the other the other one, the one that you say, you know, the study says actually teens and adults have the same ability to assess risk. I'm not sure I buy that totally. I think maybe there's a little bit of that, you know, in the case of driving. Yeah, you're right,
1: like in quantitative situations yes, where right. there is but a – But, but if...
0: imagine you, you asked a teenager to assess the risk of not doing any clubs next year at school, right? Like yeah. they may not be able to assess that risk because, you know – it deals with longer term stuff that they have no experience with. You know, how how well how is that going to look on my, you know, college applications and so on? Or, you know, Which, is that going to fill up my time in the summer or whatever? Like, I don't know, this is just an example I'm pulling out of my butt. But they're going to have a harder time assessing that risk, whereas an adult would have an easier time assessing that risk, I think. I think what's
1: interesting when you say that they're... Field of vision for the future is like all right. Well, I, I mean I realize I've been teaching for eleven years and I'm always dealing with students at maximum with a four year vision. Like they're in ninth grade, uh, and they they're their entire when they think of their entire future, it's college. Like it's just defined by college, which is only four years away, right. and that seems like an eternity to a ninth grader. And it kind of is, by the way, a yeah. little kid ninth grader essentially, um, and so. But that's and then junior and senior and all of that is just two years away and like, I think culturally we've messed up something. Not only, not only in the stresses of college and saying it's you know decide what's for your, for your career, but they don't. No one spends any time thinking about their lives. They <laughs> think about getting into the best college. Yeah. They don't think about who do they want to be and how they want to exist and like I guess bigger existential stuff. But like they just go what. Do, what college and how do I best position myself for that yeah. and man that's such a short like think about how short 4 years in fact when i took this job i was thinking like like from my perspective let's just say i was still in kind of a hop around live in different areas i mean i hope this can be a permanent home i really do but like i'd say even in a hop around state of mind i'm like you know 4 to 6 years here and then i'll go somewhere else right. and that's like that's like that's like a blase fair, like, like like whatever. Like, I'll I'll jump around and short of that's blase fair. Blase fair is that the word? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's it. Blase, <laughs> yeah, that that's attitude. It. Just you know, yeah, uh, blah, very blase fair, blah. <laughs> and so, <laughs> i really. I didn't even mean to make it, but it's really it's good. It's Great. I'm sticking with it. Um, and so. If I'm willing, if I think that that's like the short term jumping around, but that's longer than they're conceptualizing their entire existence in the future. Yeah. And that's wild to me. So like, yeah, even me bouncing around and that's going to dictate how how I interact with the different relationships and stuff. But I would also argue that teenagers, they they bond a lot quicker. Like they might go jump off that cliff together and actually feel like they are best friends or at least currently best friends. And you, you know, if you invited me to jump off a cliff into the water and, and I, I just didn't want to, I'm like, you know, well, first of all, you're a bad example because we're good friends. But if it's someone that I is even you know starting to like and feel a bond with, I would just like I don't first of all, I don't need that bond the way someone like a teenager might feel they do. And I have another other bonds and like just don't want to do it nah So I'm going to make a decision based on my desires uh, that don't include that desire to bond.
0: Sure. So, yeah. yeah. Well, that, you've you've built up a conceptualization of who you are and what kind of things you will and won't do. And a teenager may not have done that. Yeah. Yeah. So.
1: And but there's also kids that like want to jump off, want to connect, but they're just like scared. So risk is weird. Like risk uh, like risk averse people might either Make, well, they could be uh, have a good sense of self, and they could be more fearful, or they could be smart. I don't know, and accurately assessing the risk and just saying it's too much, even though I want the bond, it's too much.
0: Yeah, yeah, could be. Yeah. Um. I have another. Uh, all right, so all right, we missed the last uh, the last couple of episodes. We we you know we're yeah, trying we to stick to a weekly schedule, but there's a good reason because you were on your honeymoon yeah right? um yeah. and so to commemorate I want to go on an adventure with you I want you to I want to have an adventure before you tell us about your adventure on your honeymoon all right an adventure the, that
1: sounds great
0: an adventure in etymology yeah an everyone is excited in etymology. all right
1: so we need, we need to do we need jingles for... And we
0: need... Everything. Yeah, we need a jingle Every jingle. Yeah, we
1: do. I just think jingles make life better. We can make a musical podcast one day.
0: Jingles all the way. I like it. So, yeah. Normally, we do three. This time, we're only going to do one um, to fit our shortened, uh, sh- shortened run time, and it's the word honeymoon. So, honeymoon. The, the way this works is I have three potential etymological histories origin stories of the word honeymoon and you just tried to tell me which one is the actual one
1: should i tell you what i'm thinking immediately or let or just hear the three just uh, out of curiosity like up oh, just to you super- i think
0: i think the previous times you've told me immediately after so we can stick with that if you, if you want
1: i'll wait i'll wait till after then okay.
0: yeah H- however you want to do it all right so yeah, the f- that sounds good. the first option honeymoon uh this refers to the third largest moon of jupiter uh which is called io um, that moon has a distinct mm-hmm. yellow color because it has high volcanic activity. It emits a lot of sulfuric uh, compounds. so
1: It's that's my favorite I- moon of Jupiter, actually. Io? Yeah,
0: Io. Okay. Anyway, it's one of the Galilean moons. Uh, Galileo discovered it in the 1600s, and you can actually see it from, from Earth, uh, and it's notably yellow. So anyway, that's how it gained the name Honey Moon because honey is yellow. Uh, and there was also... Um, the this, this story about it being the paradise the, the paradisical I don't know how you say that word, home of Cupid uh, and he would spirit away newlyweds to his paradise um, for a night of or a celebration of their love. Um, on so it was just the honeymoon. yeah, it was just kind of a you know a, a little tale um, on the honeymoon. On the honeymoon it then it wasn't called IO, but the honeymoon that we know as IO now.
1: And that's where it came from.
0: All right. Uh, The other option for you to pick is that actually the origin of the word honeymoon is kind of a ribald uh, sort of thing from the mid-1800s. And it refers to the first time a newly married couple sees each other naked. Um, Honey is a common term of endearment, obviously. And mooning, you may be aware, is the act of burying one's bottom. And so (laughs) a honeymoon... A honeymoon is an event in which one's honey bears their bottom. And that's actually where it comes from. <laughs> I hope that's real, yeah. The, uh, the final option uh, is that it actually originates from the 1500s, or maybe earlier. It's really old. And it refers to the temporary period of sweetness after marriage. Uh, the sweetness part obviously comes from honey. It's as sweet as honey. And then the moon refers to a month. It's a month of sweetness after you get married, and then after that, it fades. But the honeymoon is that period of sweetness immediately after marriage.
1: Uh, that sounds plausible, too. The honeymoon. I mean, we use that term outside of the, the actual honeymoon. Mm-hmm. Time, you know, uh, we're in our honeymoon phase. I mean, that could be used for classes or well behaved at the beginning of school, you know, yeah. honeymoon phase. Um, well, I like all of these. Uh, The honeymooning, I was, I would thought it it would not, you could have fooled me. I know nothing of, by the way, I don't have anything to grasp. They didn't tell you this at the
0: orientation, the honeymoon orientation?
1: The honeymoon, no, they didn't. But you could have convinced me that it was, it developed like within the last hundred years or so, like that terminology. Sure. And you could have said, uh, it was the honey, the term of endearment and like, I'm over the moon to be with you. That was just what popped in my head immediately without time to bake it was would be like honey i'm over the moon let's go right right, okay yeah and combining these sorts of things um and so the reason uh jupiter's third third moon or one of the third largest io third largest io um and it's it's cupid's uh home or you know paradise uh, you whatever
0: cupid's destination is that he sweeps away newlyweds to in the tales um
1: astronomy and mythology and like stars i get it but like i don't know that we were seeing little moons and so something probably timeline in terms of human knowledge feels a little iffy like like i get that we were putting orion's belt and stuff like that but i don't think we were seeing jupiter's Third largest moon. I mean, that's what Galileo and, did. Um, yeah, stand by it. Okay, though. all right, stand by my. I understand. I get.
0: I can't convince. I can't convince you in this part of the adventure. It might have been guilty
1: of like a little too too many Bennett details, like getting to this sulfur. Like you're like maybe if I say sulfuric and a few uh, a few words to make Daniel's eyes glaze over, then like it. <laughs> Give it some just meat, some like intellectual meat. Uh, sure. So I just, I'm going to discard the first one okay. uh, for that reason. Um, I like, I'm most, in terms of story, the best story is like the moon, like the bearing the bottom and honey being a term of endearment. And it seems mm, plausible enough. I could see honey not being a new term of endearment, like one that's just been around, I mean, since honey like honey this since is honey your sweet yeah since honey was invented <laughs> since, since we named honey um so and then uh the third one uh i'm blanking sorry
0: um the period of sweetness for, yeah, yeah. Last for that, one moon aka one month yeah th- i think that's
1: probably it so i i, I mean that's nice uh, I think that's it. The third one is it. Uh, but the second one was my favorite, and the first one I feel most confident is not it. All right, there we go.
0: Ah, uh, you got it right.
1: <laughs> Dang, I'm kind of disappointed. I'm a little disappointed, too.
0: <laughs> but I am I think it's probably because they told you on your actual honeymoon. They told you the, the <laughs> you origin, and to you cheated. And so this is really cheating. Actually, Daniel, <laughs> the third largest moon of Jupiter, Io... Is yellow because of volcanic activity with sulfuric compounds, and Galileo did see it with his telescope. It actually Io is one of the Galilean moons, so okay, suck (laughs) it. But the uh, the home of Cupid is totally BS that I made up. So yeah, yeah, (laughs) part of it was true. Well, the Galilean, okay, that I,
1: I I can believe that he saw the moon, but like I'm confused. Galileo and, like, Zeus, did they exist at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: All right. Shut up. Shut up. But the, None of that. But
1: these mythological yeah. stories, like, and Galileo weren't at the same time. No. And so, But, and that's what I'm saying is that Cupid wouldn't have had that moon as a home. And that's that's actually my point. So, Cupid would have come. Not that like Galileo.
0: Yeah, Cupid... It's Greek, right? There
1: wouldn't have been a tale about Cupid going to that moon. Is Cupid Greek
0: or know. Roman? Either way, it doesn't matter. It I was long know. before Galileo.
1: Exactly. That's what that's the math but, I was doing. But but I, Galileo
0: certainly knew about Cupid, right? He knew about yeah. Cupid. They, so, so the story could the story plausible? I suppose. Yeah, the yeah, tale yeah, of Cupid yeah. spiriting away newlyweds. Oh, and then True. the word honeymoon comes about. Yeah, yeah you're right. You the, you're yeah.
1: just making the case that honeymoon came after. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. right. Okay,
0: very is plausible. Um, and yeah, the honeymooning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I like that one too, but not true.
1: Yeah, that one that one like should I could true. have guessed. It should be true. You know. I'm, i mean I'm you, sure
0: are, you know you're you and Danielle did some mooning on the honeymoon. Honeymooning. Right?
1: Some some mooning our hunt. Uh, yeah. passer <laughs> buyers. Pa- yeah, we were just mooning some passer buyers. <laughs> passers buying. Passer buyers, <laughs> passes passers by, buying.
0: Passer <laughs> buying in the night.
1: <laughs> um Speaking of honeymoon, I'll tell you a little bit about it. Um was it good? We went to it was good. Do you
0: regret <laughs> so you're gonna stick with you're gonna stick with the marriage then? I take it. Yeah, okay. I think we're gonna stick with the marriage. Okay. Just checking. Um,
1: we actually did not get to go on a honeymoon after we got married over the summer and I, you know, came like we traveled the very next day uh to my new place of of residence. Living. Residence and was getting ready for the job and all of that yeah um so for spring break we packed our bags and went and what we did is we wanted to you know money's kind of tight at the moment but we also wanted to celebrate and it really comes like when you start planning a vacation that's not some huge epic thing like some interesting questions like well why why do people go to the beach and stuff and you know stealing my thunder man near the beach and like it's just like why do that and so i like the mountains she does too we got engaged in the mountains so what we did is we decided to actually look up uh interesting airbnbs uh and and because that's an actual like category you can look up unique airbnbs and see some wonky wacky stuff mm-hmm. and we found this really awesome tree house that was actually a tree house but with running water and like multiple floors and like bridges and like, like a lot of porches and like literally two outdoor claw tubs that you could say, "Hey Alexa, fill up." Uh, uh, actually had to say it's 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 bath time or it's bubbly time or something goofy because I kept saying, hey, "Hey, I knew we could." I'd read it and I was like, "Hey Alexa, fill up the tub." Hey Alexa tub you know i was trying different (laughs) variations and i had to go back and read and i did and then i just went and it was it was not bath time it was even goofier it's bubble bubble, it's it's bubble it's bubble baby time or so it really was that goofy so when i but i just did it with a pan face it was kind of a funny moment right (laughs) um and so uh but just okay so it was in a small town um i could say the town right there's no reason not to i mean you traveled Um, there Yeah. in Trenton, Georgia. Um, And like, it was so tiny. And we arrived, like check-in was at four o'clock. We arrived at like 3.30 to, we went ahead and put in uh, Ingalls, right? That's the grocery store in some smaller towns, like kind of like a Piggly Wiggly or something. And uh, Mm -hmm. I've been to Ingalls that are like nice, just as nice as like a a Publix or something like that. Um, But this one was like ingles i guess from the 80s or something i don't know it was very very uh it was just immediately like this is an older place to shop and i I, well i said i've been to, i've either driven by ingles i can't like tell you i've definitely been to ingles uh but i i just i had this image in my head of basically a publix but with red lettering instead and you know um <laughs> but this one was like whoa we're we're, we're like I don't know. We're just somewhere else, yeah. And so Danielle and I, but we're in a delightful mood, and so we're like taking a selfie. Uh, the so first thing, we get out of the car, <laughs> sore Yeah, we get, at Ingles. It's so it's so like if there's not many cars. Like so, yeah. we're standing in the where right in front of the store where you would be the most traffic, I suppose. Yeah. And we're taking a, a selfie to get the Ingles in the background. That's funny. And this little old lady. I say old, but I've learned that people there. Uh, like like real mountain folk, like they age pretty <laughs> pretty poorly, like like most of the people most of the people that waited on us at restaurants. She probably like pregnant, just got out of the, women, cold, the coal know? mine
0: and stuff. Is that what you you know? you're
1: saying? Well, so this lady was leaning out of her like old person car, you know, like a Mercury or a Buick or something, or a yeah, or a Cadillac or something, you know, yeah, just some big oversized vehicle, and she had a. a um, not a wheelchair, but like...
0: A walker. A, some,
1: Yeah, a walker. But And she sees us and goes, yeah! And like <laughs> positions herself back in her car seat and raises both of her hands like,
0: yeah! That's
1: fine. And she like cheers with you, us. You youngins
0: like- must be on your honeymoon <laughs> to the Ingalls.
1: Yeah, well, and I I recognize when we walked around, like I read like a city boy, and it's not like I'm wearing really unusual clothes. How many ways anything. stretch? How many ways stretch well, were you wearing? that's the thing. I was. They only was, have
0: like one or two way stretch in Trenton, Georgia. Was, I'm sure.
1: I was wearing my like Lululemon athletic oh, wear. You, well, there know? you go. <laughs> it's like fairly fitted and like you know, yeah. stri- like mm-hmm. so like I just stand out because the guys are in just baggy jeans with like she's probably what's that what's that
0: homosexual man doing with (laughs) that pretty young lady
1: (laughs) so she proceeds to like you know walk her on up (laughs) use her walker and amble amble up to us and she's like where are y'all from you're not from around here (laughs) and uh and she she starts to kind of like we are kinda of walking in, we're like as she's coming up to us, we're we're kinda of moving in, so she, we, we make our way in and she starts to point out some like really sweet things, like there was like half baked or no baked cookies and stuff, and Danielle mm. was kind of eyeing and she's like, You gotta get those Yeah. And then she's saying things like, well, let, let me ask you, do you like peanuts? Or oh. or nuts of any kind? And they're like, and Danielle goes, Well, um not real not really she's well you gotta get these and she's like walking <laughs> she us over going, to this yeah. chocolate covered peanut oh, yeah. um and then she immediately is like you know my husband has cancer <laughs> and my son has cancer oh. and she gets sort of like cry and is like oh no pray for me and but she's also so her name is willene you know That's um, a
0: nice
1: name yeah Willine, very southern and I sound like, I wanna be clear that I'm not mocking her, but it was just so striking how suddenly she was sharing intimate details that like I mean that's for no in a way like
0: that's kind of endearing, right? Small town kind of feel. It was
1: hundred percent endearing. We were charmed except that she was sad. Yeah, of course. And like right. and she was looking she goes, I'm just looking for it was like orange juice and lemon juice or something. And she didn't know where you'd just get a bunch of lemon juice. And interestingly mm-hmm. enough we like kinda of went our separate ways and I found like a big tub of lemon juice and like more than i would I think i bought of it little, all up and, and so i just well i, well, I brought it to her because oh. like she had gotten one of the little carts uh you know the mobile yeah well, like wheelchair you know yep, powered yep. whatever and so uh, <clears throat> but that was our first like encounter that sounds like uh, a fun honeymoon that sounds like that was pretty good
0: <laughs> pretty good trip what an adventure that's great well, that was like well I'm the gl- most glad you had a good time arguably the most story worthy <laughs> thing, because we had
1: signed up for hang gliding and uh it just kept getting canceled yeah like it got canceled like four times and that very that's very frustrating instead it's the of, thing we were looking forward to most yeah that would though. be
0: fun but instead of hang gliding you got to hang out with willeen yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and have some lemon juice yeah. some lemonade Homemade lemonade.
1: Danielle had never been to... um, This was 20 minutes away from Chattanooga, so he did things that I i recall doing this frequently as a kid I, we would go to ruby falls and look out mountain rock city i remember so that you know stuff. that sea rock city like yeah, the, the red yeah. like yeah it's like a, a birdhouse looking sign with a black roof and a red and it's in white lettering that says sea rock city and then uh-huh. they sell the little birdhouses all over the place there too
0: the, now ruby um, falls is in a cave right it's like underground yes, that so is a cave i remember yeah, seeing that with a when big I was a waterfall kid.
1: yeah isn't that weird like when did you it's not like we um, went as a did we go as a field trip? No, or anything? I don't think like, so. Okay, but just but, like we all did it. Like yeah, we all I'm did. pretty sure. Like everyone in Macon like went to Ruby Falls. At you some know what? Point. I heard. I, don't know.
0: I heard that George somewhere up there in North Georgia, is like the deepest pit, like the deepest hole in the United States or something. In, some like whoa. gigantic hole that you can like rappel down to the bottom, like free fall down. So they've made like hole. a tourist side out of it. Like you can, I think you so. Can, yeah, it's like this it. huge, deep hole. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. That just yeah. seems like something you would do on your honeymoon, too. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that was the thing,
1: is, like, getting, um. you know, like, like, I don't know. Like, doing those things were all just bonus. We really just wanted to relax and, like, eat a bunch of nachos. That's another <laughs> funny thing, is Danielle's favorite food is nachos. Sure. And I'm not kidding. Like, she ordered more than nine nachos. Like, in fact, there were... When there you say, only, you I mean orders two, of nachos. Orders of nachos. So what I mean is every meal she ordered nachos, That's except hilarious. for maybe two or three. That's and actually I, I, pretty funny. It's so funny, because we'd look at the menu, and I'd look at her and be like, are you getting nachos, seriously? And she'd be like, well, yeah, it's just what I want. And and I will, like, to defend her, first of all, nachos are delicious, and they are diverse, like, they some were, like, you know, some come with the various forms of cheese. Some were like barbecue nachos. Some were like, I mean, right. like just funky nachos and all of that. But like, even I, who like it's one of my favorite foods, I love cheese, and I would just be like, really, well, can I mean, it would be a fourth, fifth meal in a row of nachos. I mean, great for dinner. Like, so we might get something else for for lunch or something like that. Right. But yeah, she really loves nachos. Jeez. Like, that is just unequivocally her favorite food. No one could argue. Um, yeah, so <laughs>
0: on the topic, um, so on the topic of like trips and vacations, what's what's kind of what's your personal philosophy on vacations? You know, like some people are they love travel. It seems like in the l- the last few years, I don't know if this is your impression or not. People our age or younger have really, really absorbed travel as part of their identity. You know. They love to travel to different countries, especially international travel, and they see themselves kind of as travelers, Um, and they try to travel very often, maybe even irresponsibly often, but what is your take? Like, do you identify as a traveler? Do you understand that identification, and do um, you... What's your ideal pace of, of travel? Uh... So I understand it. I don't know if
1: I identify it as a traveller, uh, but I I like this idea of invest in memories, not things. So and memories are very memorable when you travel, when you go experience something different. To create memories you can't just do the same thing over and over. It's just all kind of molds. Like there's pleasure in going to like that same restaurant and getting that good meal, but I wouldn't call that like a memory making thing. Whereas you know, traveling, you're creating memories. So I like, and in fact, that's kind of the driving philosophy of, of travel for me is like, go invest in some memories. Also, the anticipation is half the fun. And so I would rather, let's say I had 20 days of travel a year. I would like to do like five four-day trips. Um, and so that way I'm constantly like, I have five, ways to anticipate or like to look forward to and then go on this trip and all of that versus some someone might say i want to take a 20 days off i want to really get into it Mm -hmm. really want to check out you could you could convince me to do like four trips of five days something like that Mm -hmm. but honestly unless you're doing some international big scope travel i think you can do what you want to do in four or five days Mm -hmm. uh and it lets you get away from things. It also like makes you miss your bed and there's like some delight in returning home. And so I uh, I travel to make memories, which also means I'm traveling for a little bit of adventure and doing like doing things. So I don't wanna do like uh there there are people that just really do wanna do nothing and it is about I don't wanna say being gluttonous and lazy, but cause that's like I get I also sympathize. Who doesn't want to sit around and eat delicious food and just really not do anything? That's great. But I do feel like I could do a staycation with that. Like I can I really will just sit home, watch TV and order some good food. Like I can get that from home. Mm-hmm. So when I'm out, I wanna like I wanna eat at the local restaurants and I wanna figure out and yeah, I look at the touristy stuff because the touristy stuff's pretty great. Like it has to be good enough to draw people from elsewhere. You know, Brilliant, it has to right. be remarkable enough to do that. So it doesn't bother me that it's touristy. Now, of course, I want to feel like an insider too, where I go to a local pub or something like that. Or like there's a there's a whole book called Atlas Obscura. We bought a copy of it. Have you ever heard of it? Never heard of it. Atlas Obscura. I think it's gaining some popularity, which would make it not as obscura. But it's it's like They'll you can just have look to call it an
0: Atlas and, soon.
1: It's, yeah, you look up any town or whatever, and it gives you the kind of oddball off-the-map attractions that you're not going to see as, like, the top 10 on TripAdvisor or something like that. Um, and so it's kind of a neat way if you're going to a city. It's a website, too. So when you're, like, wanting to look for quirkier, oddball things, Atlas Obscura is the way to go. Mm. And it's just a nice book. It's a very good coffee table book, too. Uh just because it's like full of things, like something that like David would be really attracted to is like, you know, if you enjoy cities and like, like personality and behind things and like odd little attractions, like that's a cool, like I'm sure House on the Rock would be one, even though. Right, so right. it doesn't have to be like hidden necessarily, but it's just not stuff you hear people talking about all the time. It's not like Grand Canyon. Or Old <laughs> fateful. Like yeah. yeah.
0: Stuff. <laughs> um, how, how big of a part of a vacation is experiencing a new situation or culture
1: um huge i would say I, I, I well i guess i have to delineate there's different types of travel i think there can be romantic travel which is really about you and your partner going and having some fun right like just like sure like in a romantic time like it make it make it uh well i don't want to keep saying the word romantic but like have fun like be, be sexy about it and invest in each other and so go to moon some people moon some people go to go to a fine dining restaurant get dressed up um like go go see a show uh because the thing is i love going to see shows and i like getting dressed up and having a fancy night out uh, i mean affordability is an issue but like like I like that event, so but I would never really want to do that with you, you know. <laughs> like you and I go oh, put on, on like our suits and go see a show and like go to fine dining would just be like first of all knowing you're not even that big no, into theater would and that. stuff. It would just, I would rather like have a staycation.
0: Up. I'd rather not go on that trip. With even you. if you,
1: even if you did like that stuff, I'd just be like, I don't, I don't want to do it with you. Like, like I don't know, like like it just like it just feels like something I want to do. With Danielle, um, so there's a romantic travel. Then I think there's like a party travel, and that's. But I'll even say within the party confines, is like I still want to understand the different culture and get out there and meet people and go out of places and like, you know, drink a little bit and like like just see like see what adventures you can get into. Mm-hmm. And then I guess there's sort of a, a self exploration travel, and that could be like maybe like a hike. A lot like the, the Appalachian Trail or something like that, mm-hmm. where you are. Where there's time to think and contemplate, meditative
0: and, retreat. Yeah, a I mean,
1: it's a little. It's yeah, like some self exploration of who you are, where you're at, and like so. It's less about the travel and more about you. Mm-hmm. But I think that can be done. I don't think that's an mutually exclusive trip because I think like Appalachian Trail would be both an adventure. And just time to to think. Uh, I think you could go on a party. Like I could do a friend travel with you. You and me and David could go somewhere, and like it would be a party style uh, trip. But I would obviously be so interested in culture and stuff. And in that culture, like I guess when I'm learning about other cultures, I'm learning about myself. I don't see those as like like so. So how foreign is this idea to me? Can I understand why this this culture developed that way? How can it how can I, you know, take the good, like, bidets, you know, and, like, <laughs> right. and, and leave the bad, like, really uh, small beds, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, those are just items, but, like, I just, I even mean, like, like attitude-wise and things like that. Like, how do they, how do they conceptualize relationships? And so uh-huh. I look at it, maybe this is very selfish, but I look, uh, I look to understand others, but, like, I can't help but understand others in relation to myself. Of co- like I don't know that's even possible. Uh, so
0: basically, you want to learn. <laughs> you want to learn yeah. <laughs> from others in order to make the your world and the world of the people immediately around you better. That sounds really selfish yeah. and awful. <laughs>
1: well, I guess this just sounds almost like uh, I guess another form of trip could be educational. Yeah, but and and, and that is the cultural experiences. But I just I so. I guess this is this is cool. This is a cool thing about me that I'm intertwining my partying and my educational and learning. Well, experience yeah, and my development as a person.
0: Yeah, so. the, the lines between those can you know can get blurred um, a bit, and depending on the the length of the trip, you know, like you said, you can maybe do all you want to do in four or five days. You know, if it's a longer trip, maybe you have some relaxation, some partying, and some education. You know, on different different days and times it's like right because things... travel is
1: not a singular experience yeah. you know you go and you do different things it can be
0: but you... more often i suspect it's not yeah i was trying to think you know what are the benefits what are the benefits of travel and you know what i came up with you know take a break from the normal routine that you know that's obvious right uh, I, I would right. say that's perhaps why maybe I'm... the best thing about it yeah, most people take vacations for that reason i would say um, and then there's the observe new situations or cultures and that's kind of the educational component and then chaos right like putting yourself in a new situation that's the adventure that's the yeah risk-taking hang gliding the hanging out with willene all of that stuff is <laughs> chaos um and then i guess oh we
1: had a person come to the cabin and like uh, make us really fancy like pancakes and uh, French toast and stuff. I love some
0: French toast. It's my favorite breakfast food. So
1: good. And I got a bananas foster drizzle. Oh my gosh. So good.
0: Um, And then I guess the other benefit, this, this, those are the ones that I can understand, but the one that's a little foreign to me is the, I am a traveler and therefore I will travel and mark this off on my, you know, my scratch off map or whatever so that I can say I've been there. Um, that's a benefit to some people. Uh, It's kind of like a notch on their belt sort of thing to have. But that's like people somewhere.
1: getting tattoos to be interesting well, instead of like, it is. they had something interesting and they got a tattoo to commemorate it. Is, it I mean, something. it is
0: that way. That's why I say it's a little foreign to me. I don't, I don't quite understand it, but it seems like maybe it's just my observation, but it seems like people have really latched onto that. Have, have you noticed I've, that have
1: at you, all? I've noticed it's absolutely, well, it, it's, Usually the characteristics of someone who travels they are curious, they want to learn all the things you just said. And so it's a concise way to package in I'm interested, interesting, I'm curious, I'm a learner uh and so that's a it's a very very favorable way to portray yourself is like I am mm-hmm. battling my ignorance by engaging with the world and like that's such an attractive thing. So well, let me tell you one not
0: surprised. W- one yeah. anecdote. So I went on a date with a girl earlier in the year. Who told me that one of her goals was to visit every country, every country in the world? Um,
1: That's daunting. It's and, daunting. Uh, She'd
0: already, she's already been to, I forget the number, 75, some huge number, right? All of Europe, all of South America, all of North America. Um, does she get like a
1: spoon or a shot glass? <laughs> what is she do at
0: each country? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. But, but the sense I got from this person was this identity of traveler. And you know if you say if you tell me oh I've been to Europe and I've been to Australia and I've been to Japan and whatever go, oh that's really cool tell me about those places but if you say I'm a traveler and I'm gonna go to every country in the world then it then it turns from something cool and interesting to something a little negative to me and it's kind of like it turns me off a little bit what do you think about that like do you think that's a good read or or a bad read
1: I think you're on to something because. You know, a lot of people, like there's this common expression that we uh, experience is the best teacher. And I say, no, like experiences don't teach you anything. Reflection on experiences Mm -hmm. uh, teach you things. So you could have, we typically think of someone who has traveled the world as wise, right? They're a world traveler. They're wise. But imagine, and it's easy to imagine this, someone who's traveled the world and they did not reflect. Therefore, they had experiences without reflection and they just and they don't have much to say they're just like oh the food was weird or uh, or maybe they're even more encyclopedia like like they could That's just say oh i met i met this tribe who did this yeah. it's like okay but facts in isolation without you like synthesizing it and wrestling with it and doing something with it like like what do you yeah it's it's this substitute i mean it's just like, I assume, we're so close. When you say you travel, I'm so close to just going, I love it. I love that. And when you say that this person wants to travel the world and go to every country, I go, cool. And But I could. that's my knee-jerk reaction yeah. because I'm thinking they're curious. But if I started talking and they just were like, not actually, if it was self-serving totally that's, and not yeah. like to learn. And I would start to go, uh. And it would start to get really not interesting especially if they could tell you like maybe maybe they like have a journal and they like tell you two facts about the 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 place or whatever they have a goal of truly like collecting a yeah, shot right. glass you know like, okay well if you're gonna go to every country go ahead and get the one eye. that would sure. be i would go ahead and do that as a marker but like but but like i would be doing it with like a goal of like like, you better be, are you keeping a journal and then, like, you know, contrasting all of this and, like, seeing what you, you know, what's one cultural thing I can adapt in my life? And, like, if that's your goal, then I'm, like, fascinated and want to talk all about it. If you just start saying, it's kind of like, you know, someone pointing to a tattoo and just saying, like, I got it because I like owls yeah. or whatever. <laughs> it's just, like, you're like, okay. But, like, you're like, tell me more. Like, did you grow up liking owls? Not really. I just There's, saw you know, them at TJ cool. Maxx a lot. There's this really Maxx. cute figurine and <laughs> Well that's what I'm saying. If your decor if your decor sensibilities derive from, you know, just what's on the shelves at Target, yeah. it's like or and that's what I'm so if, if if this gains steam, this positive thing I think ultimately is traveling and all of that, here, that gains steam, now you're gonna have some people that just go, Oh, well I, I do that. Yeah, here,
0: here's a thought Which, that okay. occurred to me. I wonder if there's any similarity. Like I've complained before, we had an episode before about pets, remember? About the anthropomorphization of pets. I forget which yeah, episode. Pet
1: ownership rising and all of that. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. As kind of a coping mechanism for either loneliness or I don't know, mental issues or whatever, and people are really going overboard with treating their pets as children, making their pets part of their identity. And you know, to you know, I made it clear in the episode, and I'll make it clear again now. You know, I don't have anything against pets. I think, I think pets are fine. Dogs are nice, and all that. In the same way that travel is nice, and if you tell me. You know, I traveled to Europe. I go, wow, that's really cool. Where did you go? And if you tell me I have a dog, oh, okay, what kind? But if you tell me I'm going to every country, then I go, uh. Oh. And, you know, I'm a traveler. Or if you tell me I'm a dog mom and here's my sweet fur baby, then I go, oh. <laughs> you know? Is there something similar there? I feel like there's a... There's a it's an interesting comparison. There's a... Yeah. there's well, a, substituting
1: personality for Yeah, there's a
0: diminishment number, of a... self and you're putting... Maybe it is just that offloading of identity. Like, yeah, I don't... There's really nothing... Can this be done? There's nothing in here in my soul. Nothing in here, but but there's travel. I've traveled places. I have a fur baby. That's me, you know? Yeah. I mean, you can... Yeah, I think you're right. You can do that with with other things too, certainly. Well, like teaching. Like, a lot of
1: my identity is wrapped up in being a teacher, but like Uh, that's a constantly morphing thing. And I'd say being a teacher, it's such a massive... like. It's trying to be a good communicator, and I don't know. It's a lot of things, and I am fascinated by it, and I'm constantly challenging and redefining it. But I do think that there are people that would also say, like, oh, a lot of my identity is being a teacher. And I, for instance, I know. I mean, I I like uh, professional development opportunities and going and doing like a thing over the summer and about a workshop or something. But I get I get there, and I can I've gotten better about spotting the teacher who just. Doesn't have a whole lot going on. I don't even think the kids like them, and they just go to these PD things, and they like that's where they get their joy. And mm. it kind of makes me sad. They just like they like socializing with other like just kind of frumpy adults who are also in the same shoot. and they're just like they say they like being a teacher, or like they're, they've assumed this identity, but it's really an offload of identity. It's a really an, yeah. a, an abdication of of like the hard work the craft of, of teaching yeah. or the real thing. Yeah. You know, the real thing that like like i guess i guess the it's a high level complaint but like i want things to be meaningful and yeah. when i see people just substituting meaning with like these tropes or these like and it could be anything it could be like i'm a reader i'm gonna read like what do you think of someone who says i'm gonna read 200 books this year or 100 books this year you know? i mean it's the like, same reaction
0: deep- at first just like oh cool but
1: well, it's neat. It's like that's a reading is good. Sure. For the, you know, for the most part, this is a, a, an admirable. like I get excited. Like, wow, good on you and all that. But then if you just said, so tell me like what you've learned. Wait, is there some like, what is it? Why are you doing this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's um, just the why. If you don't have much of a why, it's like, how did you make, how did you make something so, like I'm trying to imagine the person who says, I'm a world, I'm going to go to every country. I'm reading a hundred books a year. These are all things that are like, ultra fascinating like, like high likelihood of being a cool freaking person mm-hmm. so like for me it's overwhelmingly a positive thing but like man it's kind of just it makes me chuckle to think like and then i talk to that person and they like there's not much going on yeah. and like so on paper they look super interesting and yeah, maybe that's, I just the, this could maybe be that's a, the strategy it could be the online dating like world too is just like how do i distill interesting the projection of interesting. How do I make it like this potent? That's like, what I, I would I don't have think. 150 characters or whatever. So you say things like work, travel. That's what I would lead, think.
0: But I mean, this particular know. person actually, you know, they're a third of the way there. So yeah, something. Let me ask one final question about, um, and along similar lines, what do you think about van life? Have you heard the, the term van life?
1: Um, No, but is it where you like live in a van? Put a good bit of money into a van and like you refurbish it to where it's like TikTok ready or like Yeah, Instagram? whatever cute and yeah. all like rewood like it looks pretty good it doesn't have to
0: like, be t- doesn't have to be social media whatever whatever like it people can have different circumstances but it is hippie yeah. yeah you live in a van and you travel around and you're just always traveling and you live in a van maybe you work remote maybe you're tick tocking tick tocking it up like i don't know it's, what the circumstances are it's just are.
1: sort of like i i hear that and i romanticize it for a minute it makes me think oh like I will admit that my knee jerk is that's pretty cool. This sort of transient nature, go with the wind, like that. I romanticize that because, oh, like perhaps a little too much order in my life. I like a little. I like. I'm attracted to bizarre and chaos, and I'm like, oh, what are all the adventures they go on? But in reality, when you really push me, I'm like they might have some severe commitment issues or the inability to, like, sort of uh, engage in the grind of life that we all need to in order to have, like, a society and the privileges that we have. And so I kind of, sus- it, it, it just is, like, I don't really, like, it's not for me, and, it, and I'm, I don't necessarily, like, I would enjoy a long bar conversation with someone like that, but then they're going to leave anyway. They just, <laughs> yeah. there's some, re- I don't think that, like, a well- <laughs> I don't think a really well-rounded uh thoughtful intelligent hard-working balanced person does that i think that like something in their life like they Mm
0: -hmm.
1: whether it's something a personality trait where they like if people find they worry about either being found out or they've had enough experience and Mm -hmm. or they just want an excuse not to engage in that job that's not that fun and you know, and then there's plenty of romanticizing that. Yeah. It's a romantic idea, isn't it? Like hit yeah. the road kind of like. Yeah, so, I mean,
0: yeah, I have the yeah. same the same impressions. Uh, I, yeah, I ask about that because in the area where I live, there's there's actually a surprising amount of van lifers. You know, I guess just because I'm in a, <laughs> a scenic area that, you know, people travel to. Like again on the dating apps and stuff, a lot of times people come up and they're just like living that van life, and it, to me it's an instant. Okay, well I'm not interested anymore. I'm yeah. Not interested in a van life. It or- be a
1: Deal breaker to me, but I'd be very close. Uh, I'd be. I, I, okay, the the van lifer that would intrigue me is to say I'd take I took a gap year in college and did a van life to see what it was like. Sure. Yeah. Before I was like, and that's kind of like that's cool if someone had a light like that was a year of my life i lived in a van i'm like you're interesting but if you're just like
0: don't know this is what's who next. i am yeah. again
1: it's the identity things like uh, this is who i am what do you mean you don't want like stability or commitment to a relationship or a job or any anything worth pursuing like takes like some investment and yeah. you're sort of abdicating that yeah. and so that that's not as cool as saying i'm gonna read a bunch of books or i'm gonna travel the world like to me there's like a it, it suggests travel, I guess. It is travel. Sure. Like, I am so invested in travel that I'm going to minimize everything else. But, like, I, I have a feeling that a lot of van lifers and, like, the druggies and burnouts and, like, you know, some people overlap. who can't. Yeah. Some true commitment issue people. Like, not not like we say, oh, I have commitment issues. No, but, like, true, like, uh, uh, I don't know, diagnosable issues. Like, those yeah. are the ones attracted to that van life. So. Yeah. I think you could be. Man, right. I'm sounding so judgy of you. Are real like... judgy.
0: You're such a bastard.
1: You're, like, you're making I it easy. Is probably true. Making
0: it easy for me, man. I don't even have to. I don't have to play that role. I can be the nice, nice guy.
1: I just. It, it might. I'm sure there's some lovely van lifers. <laughs> there you go. Know.
0: There you go. Buy it back a little bit. I agree. There are probably some real nice van lifers. Probably some great people with tattoos out there somewhere.
1: <laughs> somewhere
0: you know dog moms they're wonderful dog, maybe one of them dog
1: moms and world travelers and book readers yeah You're there's book
0: readers they're you know i'm sure there's a couple of decent ones somewhere <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. all right all it's right. over Bye.
1: bye